It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody could ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you're dead. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Wednesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. John Schmelk, Jeff Fegels with you. The telephone number is 973-667-1960. Just as a reminder, folks, uh, since we're back on remote starting last week, we only have one line. So if you call in and the phone is busy and we already have a caller on the line, um, just keep trying. Eventually the line will open up and you will be able to get in. And since I am hosting, there will be no one there to screen your call. So I will simply pop you up. And when we bring you in, you can tell us who you are. Um, and once again, we try to get a lot of some non-regulars in. So give those guys a chance. And then I know we haven't heard from Len yet this week, but if you want to get in a little bit later in the show, that's absolutely fine. Of course, um, Jeff, of mm. course, I want to remind everybody that Big Blue Kickoff Live is part of the Giants podcast network, which is presented by Investors Bank. You can find it on the Giants mobile app at Giants.com slash podcast and your favorite podcast platforms. Good afternoon, Mr. Fiegels. How are Hello. you, sir? How are you, Mr. Schmelke? I know you're running around crazy, but we got a show to do today, so yes, focus. Yes, we do. I have always, <laughs> always locked in and focused, Jeff. I know you are. And I guess the good place to start here is kind of where we are in terms of the NFC East standings because the week. 13 action, believe it or not, we're going into week 14 here, folks. I know it doesn't seem like we've gotten that deep into the season, Jeez. but we have. Uh, week 13 wrapped up last night with an NFL tradition of Tuesday night football. <laughs> and, <laughs> Unlike the, no other. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, and the Dallas Cowboys predictably get run all over by the Baltimore Ravens, which given how the Cowboys have stopped the run this year should not be much of a surprise to anyone. Uh, they get blown out, might be a little bit strong, but they weren't really in the game in the second half. Uh, they dropped to 3-9, and nine, now in last place in the NFC East. I think Cowboy fans are now in full tank mode for the best draft pick. The <laughs> Eagles in third place at 3-8-1. and one. And then the Giants and the Washington football team, both with upset victories this week, Jeff. They mm-hmm. are both at 5-7, and seven, tied for first place in the NFC East. And of course... The Giants hold that tiebreaker against Washington because they beat them twice in the division. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, there's some separation here, but the way it's going, um, the two teams at the top are the guys you got to look out for, right? So I think then I I still think it's going to come down to that last week and that division, those division games. You know, each each one, each, like, see, the Giants play, uh, excuse me, Dallas, Washington plays the Eagles, and, you know, that could be it. So. But listen, I the, the Giants can't look at that. The Giants got to look forward to this game against the Cardinals coming up on Sunday, and um, you know enough patting each other on the back, enough patting the coaches on the back that they went and got a big win. And you know what? And I think that Joe Judge is, you know, today's Wednesday, and the guys are back in the building, and it's time to move on. So I'm sure they're not talking about anything about Seattle, and everything is uh, Cardinal red right now. Yeah, no question about it. And just to note, the Eagles have decided to bench Carson Wentz. So. Jalen Hurts will be their starter, at least for this game. Whether or not it's the foreseeable future, we'll see. Well, I think they just need better play from the quarterback position, to be honest. In his terms, it was, we need a spark. Yeah, he did say that. That is true. And let me just say this very quickly before we get to the Giants. I love these guys that are out there and, you know, they're paid to give their analysis. And they're like, you know, Carson Wentz, he's lost his confidence. He, he's, you know, he, he's, he's hesitant. He's afraid to throw, throw the ball. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, have you guys even watched his problems this year? That dude throws the ball into stupid situations. He tries yeah, no to jam con- the ball yeah. where there's not there. He tries yeah. to make plays when they're not there. He's over-aggressive. This is not a lack of confidence. If anything, it's carelessness with the football. So I don't understand that part of the analysis that's out there. And obviously, I think it's reflected back on all the injuries that have surrounded Wentz, and he's kind of gotten into a bit of a rut. I wouldn't give up on him. They can't financially give up on him based on the money left on the contract and the guaranteed money left on the contract, Jeff. But look, Jalen Hurts will get a shot here. They've been trying this with Wentz for a few weeks. It has not worked. They're still alive for the division. They're only a game and a half back with that tie. So they can still make a run here. Their schedule is not impossible the rest of the way. So they're going to try to make a run with Jalen Hurts and see if they can make it work. Yeah, you know, the thing with Carson Wentz, and just because I've been around it for a long time and understand that about confidence, and, I, you know, on Monday's show, I talked a lot about confidence in the team, the Giants team right now, and how they're playing with confidence, and that that makes a big difference. When you don't have confidence, 
I think that Carson Wentz is the kind of guy that, that says, hey, you know what, I'm going to take this and put it on my shoulders. I'm going to try to win some games with my arm and my legs. And what happens is is that he's trying to make plays, like putting that square peg in a round hole. And what happens is, is like you said, he makes some really boneheaded mistakes, and it's just decision-making. But what comes from that, John, is I'm just trying to just trying to, to win some games. But, you know, you got to be smarter than that. And I think that maybe taking a step back and looking at things – I mean, you're right. They can't. They can't quit on this guy. They got too much money invested in him. There's just no way. And I don't know exactly what the numbers are, but you know, I think it would be something like if they cut him this off season, it'd be like forty million of dead it's cap, a lot or like of money. sixty maybe, even something crazy like that. But you know, they 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 went out and got Hurst in the second round. So I think the rest of the season now is let's see what Jalen Hurst is all about, right? Let's see what he can do. And uh, we know it. We know we got our guy, our our franchise quarterback. You know, sit him on the bench, and maybe the guy can go win us some games, Jalen, and we can still be in the thick of these things with the NFC East. Who knows? But uh, it's just, you know, as a team, you just kind of like got to go go through. Remember what happened with Eli, right? I mean, you had a young guy that wanted to come in, and they needed to see how he could play, and that's what happened. All right, so let's get to the New York football giants here, Jeff, and they've really kind of figured out a, a method here to try to win football games, and this is a point I made with Lance yesterday. I just want to get your take on it. Mm-hmm where I wasn't sure, i got to be honest with you, heading into this game against Seattle, if they could ride their run game and their defense to a victory against a team that has explosive as an offense as Seattle did heading into that game. Now, maybe we'll see that did something wrong with Seattle's offense, right? They were bad against Philly the week before. They have a bad game against the Giants. Maybe they're in a rut. But until I see that, I'm going to give the Giants' defense a lot of credit here. And it shows that they're capable of beating any type of team playing that type of football, which is a old school, you know, 90s brand of football that you don't see as much these days. But the Giants have shown that with that method, you know, it's not just that they can beat Washington and Cincinnati and Philadelphia. They can beat one of the best teams in the conference in Seattle. And this is real now. Well, you know, if you can win, if you can win in Seattle, Jeff, you can beat anybody. So this is not about now sneaking into the playoffs and losing in the first round and being happy you made some progress. This is about trying to win a playoff game and making a run here. I'm not I'm not talking Super Bowl. I'm not there. But there's no reason to believe you can't win a playoff game if you get in at this point with the way they're playing. No. No, absolutely. And I think you got a running game. And that's part of the whole equation, right? Play good defense and run the football. And things will do well. And I think that they have that going for them. The one thing that they, what happened in Seattle was that I, and this does happen in the National Football League, believe it or not, teams underestimate their opponent. You know, you got the Giants in the NFC least. The guys going on the road. There's no way these guys can come in and beat us. Yeah, they're on a, you know, on a four-game, three-game winning streak. Um, you know, we've got the third best run-stopping defense in the league. They're a really good rushing team, but we're better. All that stuff goes into, and what happens? You know, the, Patrick Grant comes up with a great game plan. Uh, I listened to Logan Ryan on the radio yesterday. What he was saying meant a lot of sense to me. That, you know, the real, the real thing that the defense did last game was they were disciplined in everything. They stayed the, you know, they stayed the course. They did not get out of their zone, if you will. And that helped. And you're right, John. This team, if you've got a defense, you've got a chance. Um, and so let's just see how this team goes. And, you know, if they can get healthy and, and go through. Because what it's all about in December is making that push. Is it has to go with health, too. Remember that. The teams that are healthy in December that will make a push for their playoffs. But in the meantime, uh, no rearview mirror. Nothing in the front other than the Arizona Cardinals. And work, we'll, everything else will work out, you know, at the end but itself. But you got to win. you got to go and win a game at home now against a team that's struggling. So don't you do the same thing that the Cardinals did, excuse me, that Seattle did. Underestimate your opponent coming in here because they, they've lost the last three games in a row. Yeah, and Jeff, some of this is simple and some of it is more complex. So I'll start with the simple stuff. And it sure. really goes back to, to Joe Judge's focus on fundamentals. Mm-hmm. And I never thought just being assignment sound and each guy doing their individual job can make as big of a difference as it has. Because a lot of the time we're not seeing, Jeff, you know, spectacular defensive plays. But the mere fact that teams aren't trying to throw the ball down the field shows that these guys are playing their zone defenses with such discipline. They're so Mm -hmm. assignment sound that these teams aren't even attempting to throw the ball deep. That's how, you know, just down the straight now they've been with their assignments and executing what they're being asked to do. And it's made such a difference. I, I've, I've never been around a defense. Even if you go back to your great defenses in mm-hmm. your era, Jeff, 
mm-hmm. you know, Steve Spagnuolo was aggressive. You would have blown assignments sometimes. You would have guys running free for some deep passes. Now, the Divas would make up with that, make up for that with big plays of their own, right? Like sacks and strips sacks and picks. Is, yeah, exactly. But Spags' defense gave up big plays. Mm-hmm. It did. Yeah. This defense doesn't give up any big plays ever yeah. through the air. It's amazing <laughs> how just disciplined they are on that back end. And that's a coaching thing and it's a player thing. Buying into what they're being told and just, you know, the old Belichick mantra, do your job. That's what these guys are doing right now. I think there's three components to this, okay? number The first and foremost, to me, is that the guys on that defense are all very smart football players, okay? They, they understand conceptually what they're supposed to do, and they are not selfish, okay? They're very unselfish. They, they realize, okay, if, I, if that coach asked me to do something today, I'm going to do it because this is what he's asking me, and I'm smart enough to figure it out. Okay. Number two is I feel like Patrick Graham is has the ability and he's very brilliant to come up with some game plans to confuse your opponent. And that's what they did last time against Seattle. I mean, Russell Wilson had no idea what was going on in that backside. And by the way, when they were in good coverage and they were blanketing receivers, the defensive line got after him. And so I think that's the second thing. The third one to me is that this front, the, the front four, those, those big guys in there are playing exceptionally well. Yeah, they don't get a lot of credit, okay? They, the guys in, on, the, on the next levels are usually the ones that are getting it or the, the defenders on the outside. But, the, man, I'll tell you, Dex and, and Dalvin, okay, all those guys, they are playing their butts off inside. And I think that that's just all those three things together – all right, they're able to come up with a defensive game plan every week that works for them. Yeah, I could not agree more. I think you hit all the things. And Thank the you. fact that the front is playing as well as they are, Jeff, is allowing them to have those two safeties deep. That's so you, right. So you can't That's right. get over the top. And you can disguise more because you can start in that two-safety shell and then rotate into whatever defense you want to rotate into. So And you have a, you have a legitimate number one cornerback yeah. that you can trust that's going to defend their best receiver – and then the rest of the guys can do their job. Which, right? by so, the way, the funny thing is they don't even play enough man defense to do that. I think they played I, man defense like five times the other day. It's and they amazing. Don't need to. No, and yeah. that's the amazing thing. I I always thought, Jeff, that if you play zone long enough, the other team's eventually going to figure out ways to find holes and run the right plays. Because look, there are zone beaters, right? The way you run offense. There are plays that are designed to beat certain zones. But I guess the trick is here, since they're so good at disguising what they're doing they don't necessarily get into the right plays for the right zones to beat what the Giants are trying to do. You know, because if if you're playing cover two, right, you attack the holes between the corner and the safeties. You attack the middle of the field. In cover three, you can do those kind of deep in cuts underneath that, you know, single high safety, things like that. But if the defense doesn't know what you're in pre-snap, they the quarterback can't get to those looks that he knows can beat those particular zone defenses. Yeah, because they're watching it on film, and so the play that's called, they understand that this 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 play will or will not work against this coverage. Well, all of a sudden, I get up to the line of scrimmage. You know, I got 40 seconds now, and I'm gonna, I am don't have 40 seconds at the line. I usually have 20 maybe. And, 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 you know, pre-snap, I'm looking at cover two or whatever it is, and now I make the call, and I now I run the play, and the next thing I know, I'm dropping back, and now it's not cover two anymore. And this play is not supposed to work in whatever they've just done. So now what do I do? I got to go through my progressions and try to figure out who I'm going to throw the ball to all a matter of time when these guys are coming and trying to get me. So I think it's disguise. It's discipline. Logan Ryan had mentioned that, you know, that's that he's a master of disguise. And I think that he's teaching a lot of those other guys how to do it and be as prominent as he is because he's very good at it. Right. Um, And what about this defense for the Giants is their bend don't break. They'll give you the plays underneath. Go ahead. Go down the field, whatever. But they toughen up in the red zone. Mm -hmm. They toughen up in the red zone. I mean, you look at the Seattle Seahawks and their success. They were 75 percent to touchdowns in their red zone going into that game. So, you know, that's one of the areas of emphasis. Okay, we'll let them get down the field. But guys, they're really good in the red zone. We got to toughen up a little bit down here. And they certainly did. You know, so with you. you know, the Cardinals are another team offensively that are a lot like the, the Seattle Seahawks. And, you know, a mobile quarterback, a guy that will is actually he's a lot faster than, than Russell Wilson. Um, 
Probably got about the same, although I will tell you DeAndre Hopkins, to me, in my opinion, is a better receiver than DK Metcalf. Um, but I feel like, you know, they've got a complement of receivers. And, you know, I don't know about what's happening with Murray. Is he hurt? I think he's got a shoulder injury. Yeah, he, he, he's been kind of nursing his shoulder for a couple of weeks, yeah. So I think that's why his running is is down a little bit um, and maybe some of his throwing. But you can't underestimate their offense. And um, they'll put a good game plan together. But I'm excited about the next four weeks. I really am because – you know, this team is getting better and better, and, you know, you hope that they can run the table and, and get through and get that first round at home and see what happens. I'm with you, Jeff. And the final thing I'll say before we get to the calls of 973-667-1960, the Giants are to the point now when we talk about the opponent's weaknesses each week, attack the weaknesses, Jeff. Yeah. They've gotten so good at what they do in, in certain respects where they're now at the point where they're like, no, we're going to do what we do, and we're going to attack the way we want, even if it's the opponent's strength. And that goes back to the point I think you made in your first answer yeah. in that the run, going into run. that game, Seattle was the third best run defense yeah. in the league. Giants didn't care. That's I right. mean, look, they didn't run the ball great in the first half, so they make an adjustment. They go more, you know, three tight ends, more bigger personnel in the second half of that game. They did it, I believe they ran out of 13 personnel, which of the fans that know was one running back, three tight ends. They only did it three times in the first half. They did it 10 times in the second half. Yeah, They ran 13 times for 75 yards out of that formation. Gallman's long run came out of 12 which is one running back and two tight ends. So they're now so confident in this running game and the way they're doing it, Jeff. And again, it's a credit to Goldman. It's also a credit to the offensive line where they're just like, no, we're going to run. We're going to do our thing. We don't care if you're good at stopping it or not, and it really doesn't matter to us. Yeah, you know, and they, they got Buda, uh, Buda Baker for the Cardinals a lot. You know, they want to if you want to say he wants to play like, you know, um, Jamal Adams. But, you know, the whole, the whole thing about – the Seahawks, John, was they wanted to put that as big front up to stop that guy because he's just he's a nuisance. You know, he's come down in the box and they, they were saying, OK, you're going to come down in the box. Well, you know what? We got extra blockers for you. And by the way, they're a lot bigger than you, too. So um, but they did a good job at that. And, and, and you mentioned about adjustments. I mean, don't you think I've never seen a, a, a team in years about making adjustments in such a, a small amount of time during um, halftime? And even in-game adjustments, this, this coaching staff is, is brilliant when it comes to that. They really are really good at making those adjustments, offensively and defensively. Yeah, and Jabril Pepper said that to me in the Giants Huddle podcast we did last week, that, that Patrick Graham's is really good at adjusting over the course of the game in terms of what they're doing. And he also said that he and his teammates now hold each other accountable for watching that extra film, Jeff. Because That's so it, big. It, it, That's it, so big. If you're going to rely on this type of defense where it's as much – you know, disguise, smarts, approach as it is physical talent in terms of, you know, getting this stuff done. You have to be film junkies. You have to know what's coming to anticipate. And we know Logan Ryan's the first guy in the building every morning defensively. We know Jabril Peppers has always been a guy that watches a lot of tape. It's one of the reasons I love talking to him. Mm -hmm. And they now hold their other guys accountable to do the same thing. And Patrick Graham doesn't have to police that. That's Peppers and Ryan and Bradbury policing it themselves. So all these other young guys that they have with those three vets, they're making sure that they are where they need to be in terms of preparation so they're good to go every Sunday. It's so big. It's I mean, you, you have no idea how big that is because here's what happens. If you have, you know, so you got some young guys like Nico Lelos. I, I heard Logan saying that, that he, you know, he's in the building early too. Here's a young guy in the league just coming in, practice squad, working his way up, finally got to the active roster, you know. But he's a guy that's, you know, in there early all the time. My point is, is that if you've got a bunch of young guys in there early and you don't have any of the veterans in there, the young guys really don't know what they're doing in there so early. They're no, just and again, kinda... that's the thing. You can watch film, Jeff, but you have to know what to <laughs> exactly. watch for. They, they can go in and say, hey, I checked in at 520 this morning and watched two hours of film. Had no idea what I was watching, but man, I put two hours in, right? You know, so they got to have these veterans that come in there and, you know, they don't have to be 10, 12 year veterans. These are guys that have, Logan Ryan has been around really good football teams, right? Understands and trying to teach these guys how to, how to learn and how to watch film. There's a way to watch film and there's a way not to watch film. You know, you don't have to watch two hours of film and say that you did it. You could probably do it in 45 minutes if you know what you're watching. So that's a big point And that's a very great thing to have in your locker room is that accountability on both sides of the football and I think I see it 
You yeah, definitely the, see it. And Jeff, to play man-to-man defense, you study the receiver, and there's some anticipation. But when you play zone, you have to anticipate route combinations, where guys are going on plays based on alignment. There's a lot of work that goes into that, and, and this secondary is obviously doing sure. it. Sure. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts to the zone defense opposed to your man defense. Yeah. You got one job to do, and that's cover your guy. And you know, so um, whatever you're playing defensively, you have a lot of responsibilities. And then what happens when you know your responsibility is no longer there, and they've changed something? So there's a lot of communication. And I feel like this goes for all teams, in my opinion, because of COVID and and the amount of you know fans that are not in the stands. Giants caught a huge break, man with them not having people in the stands in Seattle. I could tell you that for a fact. I guarantee you that pass protection wouldn't have been what it was if they had that, you know, 8,000 decibel crowd in there. 100%. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, so, you know, when I talk about communication and, and yelling and screaming on the field and communicating, um, this, I think in 2020, this has helped a lot of teams be able to communicate on the field because they can hear. That's a good point. 201, Jeff. I mean, sorry, 973-667-1960. Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by the New York Lottery. The New York Lottery has released their seasonal scratch-off games once again. Head to your nearest retailer for the chance to win up to $250,000. Uh, $500,000. Sorry, I shortchanged them. 500. You went up to $500,000. Half a million. You got to be 18 <laughs> years or older to play the New York Lottery. And, of course, please gift responsibly. All right, let's go to the phones at 973-667-1960. Abdul's in Minnesota, and he joins us first today on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Abdul, long time no speak, my friend. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I haven't had a lot, of, a lot of things to talk about recently to call in, so until recently, actually. That's okay. Uh, All right. First uh, thing, I just want to uh, send my condolences to the, uh, the Perkins family. I just heard that Ray Perkins died this morning, and he was the first coach that I uh, – I watched when I, when I became a Giants fan way back in the year. No, Abdul, I, actually, excellent point. I should have brought that to start the show, and obviously Jeff and I and the whole Giants organization sends our condolences sure. to the Perkins family. That. Yes. Yeah. So, anyway, so, uh, yeah, anyway, so it's a, it's, it's a sad thing. So uh, that that being said, Jeff, thank you for setting me up about this. Uh, you guys are talking about adjustments here, right? And, and now the Giants are, are right now showing, you know, uh, making some good adjustments at the half and, Everything. Um, and Abdul, it, it isn't just at the half now. Halftime adjustments are a myth. You actually have more time on the sideline than you do at halftime, to be honest okay, with you. So enough. it's, it's throughout enough, the whatever. whole game. The, 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 but they are making the adjustments. Yes. Um, I'm a little concerned here about the offense. Um, when Garrett was first hired, the initial you know uh, critique was how he was been uh, – um, that you know his offense didn't really pressure defenses and that actually Romo – Audibling and his improvisation was actually what made his offense go. You know, so I, I've given it, you know, 13 weeks, and I'm kind of seeing that right now. You know, like he needs, like they need to get rid of that curl route. Uh, people are sitting on that, like they know it's coming. They're sitting on the sticks and just waiting for them to do that. You know, tight end curl route. Like it wouldn't surprise me if Buda Baker or, or, or Patterson do a pick six this week because defense are just sitting on that route. I, I just want to see a little more creativity and a little, a little more just going going after defenses and just not doing the same curl routes. You know, four, four curl routes, we, every, you know, uh, on third down. It's just Well, I mean, I, I, I do a, first of all, they don't do four curl routes on every third down. They don't. Well, it's been done. No, of course it's done. And against zone defenses, you run stop routes. But the bottom line is this. You don't want this offense to get too creative. i got to be honest with you. Because one reason, and I think fans miss this point, Abdul, one reason the offensive line is playing so much better is because they're not hanging them out there in passing situations. So the, the fact that this offense has been very conservative and run first and not exciting and not creative and not a lot of, you know, three wideouts and four wideouts and all this crazy stuff down the field, it's one of the reasons that Daniel Jones hasn't turned the ball over. It's one of the reasons the Giants have won the turnover battle 10-2 to in their four wins. It's one of the reasons they've run the ball as well as they can. This is the way they've decided they can win games, where if the offense does just enough, moves the ball, doesn't make big mistakes, and the defense can slow down the opponent's offense, that's how this the team is designed to win games. If they're sitting there, Abdul, and they're going you know, in, in, in passing on first down more and they're in third and long and then other teams could unleash their pass rush, that's when bad things start happening. One of the reasons they're allowing so few pressures is because you're not in third and long. You're not in must-pass situations. So I think that this is intentional in a lot of ways, the way they're trying to play and win games, 
because of the okay, way the I team's structured. Saying, but my one thing that might uh, counter that is if you look at the, a lot of Daniel Jones's uh, interceptions and stuff, it wasn't on uh, nine, nine patterns. It was on curls. It was on short passes, medium, um, you know, um, no, but uh, Abdul, get 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 over the curl routes. I'm not talking about curl routes. I'm talking about overall uh, but, approach. Okay. I, I'm just using that as an example. Okay, I'm not saying that's the only route they're running. Okay, but it's it's these um, non-aggressive routes that they did that they seem to run uh, in this offense. That to me it seems like get them in trouble because they they do them all the time and defenses are are set on them. That's all I'm saying. Okay. No, but Abdul, but my point is that the more you throw down the field, the more okay. teams. I mean, the point is they're probably telling Daniel Jones, Daniel, only throw it down the field if you really have something there and you're sure it's open. Don't okay. force it in the tight you. spots. Listen, you know what I mean? Yeah. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy, and I said, you know, I'm, I haven't called in a while because I haven't had a lot of good things to say about this team. You know, and uh, I'm finally energized again after, you know, seven years of watching this team, and it's a great thing. And you know what? I have two more things, and I'll be done. Thank God we didn't hire rule for McCarthy. Well, well, you know, by I, the I way, just, just to say, the game against the Vikings, and I was like, "What is this guy doing?" Rule and McCarthy's just been just a joke. It's been <laughs> I, I'm, I'm happy Dallas got him. That's all. That well, though, look, I, 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 I agree with you on the McCarthy thing. I think Matt Rule's done a pretty damn good job in Carolina. Sure. To be honest with you. Okay, yeah. it might have been that one game I saw against the the the, the, uh, the Vikings. It was Minnesota. I watched that game, uh-huh. and it, 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 I guess it's probably it might have been his worst game of the year then. Because what I saw wasn't too impressive, but uh, mm-hmm. I haven't watched many Panthers games. Um, and my last thing, quickly, I'll let you guys go, is a quick thing. You know, you, you call her Charlie. You know that guy? No, I don't know him. <laughs> okay, good. Anyway, he just tweeted that uh, Colt McCoy used the Giants the best chance of winning the rest for the rest. Well, of the he's year. an idiot. <laughs> no, he just tweeted that. It's like, what is DJ? He does it on purpose like, to get a rile out of everybody. That's what he is does. That, yeah, okay, that's what he figures. He's like, he just, he just is. is he, 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 I. I I respect him as a, as a Giants fan, but he just says the dumbest stuff sometimes. Anyway, guys, thank you for listening to me. You're welcome. No, take care. Yeah. Good I, Abdul, don't be a stranger. Good to hear from you, my friend. I appreciate it. And, Jeff, I just want to go back to his larger point about the offense and their approach. Look, I'm not in the offensive meetings. I don't know what they're talking about. But to me, watching the way this team approaches things and watching them on tape, they are purposely being conservative here. And... They're not taking as many shots. They're not trying to push the ball down the field and force those things because they're trying to protect the football because the defense is playing so well. And to me, that's on purpose. And you see them take their shots when they have them, right? When they had Evan Ingram Mm one-on-one a couple games ago, they're taking those shots. Um, They had Sterling. They had the shot against the the shot. It wasn't really a huge, huge shot, but the throw that really the Ingram dropped the ball against the Eagles. That was a that was a great down-the-field throw. Yeah, and I think it was the Eagles game where he overthrew Slayton by like like three inches, right? Another yeah. one deep down yeah. the sideline. So yeah. they take their shots, but I really think that they're trying to limit the number of deep drops, the number of you know contested balls down the field to avoid those types of turnovers and, and, and mistakes because when you start doing that stuff, that's when you put the quarterback in the areas where you can start having issues with turnovers, interceptions, and sacks, and fumbles, and things like that, and again, they're protecting this offensive line. It's a young group still, Jeff, and the way they're playing Mm -hmm. is, I think, protecting that group, you're keeping the quarterback out of trouble, it's helping you protect the football, and that, as much as anything else, again, 10-2 to turnover ratio in their last four Mm -hmm. wins, that's helping them win football games. You're also protecting the the psyche of the quarterback, right? I mean, you got a running game, lean on it. Right? Seven games in a row over 100 yards. Lean on it. Get into third down, third and three, third and fourths, where you don't have to throw the ball at third and 10, third and 11, third and 12. Because what happens now is you're forcing the football, which is in the, and you know, the ability to convert third and tens is not very good. Okay, so you're three and outs. And now that you're turning, you got to get the defense, who, by the way, the beginning of the season, those guys were tired as heck. They spent all the time on the field. So it's time of possession. Run the football and put your offense in good position to, to move the sticks. That's what you got to do. And I know that it becomes a little bit monotonous for the fan, but you're winning football games. You're in first place, and you got a chance for a, for a playoff berth. Be okay with it. It's going to grow. As soon as Daniel Jones grows with the system, as soon as the linemen grow with the system, you can become a little bit more aggressive. But right now, run what you brung. Do what you're doing successfully. Don't, if it's not broke, don't fix it. 
Yeah, and as long as the defense is playing this well, I think that's how they're going to continue to play. And on, 100%. And on, some 100%. Of those, and on some of those core routes, Jeff, look, every team runs stops and short outs and curls against zones. That's what people do, especially on third and shorts. Because you can. Well, well, yeah, because you have to throw underneath sometimes, especially if you're in third and manageable situations. And that's on the quarterback. To, to judge the separation, to judge whether or not teams are sitting on that. And if they are, he has to go to a different option. The one that kills me, I know it kills you too, is the, the third and eight, and they, and they do what they do as they call it a curl at, their, at, at six, six yards. yards. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. It just drives me nuts. Now, I understand it's a, it's a fast game, okay? But when I'm in my pre-snap and I'm looking, I know it's third and eight, and I'm on the 32-yard line, I know i got to get to the forty. I know that I got to get to the 41 and come back for the football at the 40, but don't stop two yards before, and then you're going to get hit. You know, it just drives me crazy. And this is, it's not just the Giants. I mean, every team does it, but I don't know. It's just hard to understand for me. Maybe, maybe a receiver can tell me why they do it, but I don't, I don't like the answer. Nah. <laughs> Nine seven three six six seven nineteen sixty. The Giant fan, uh, the New York Giants and Quest Diagnostics want our fans to come back stronger than ever. Now you can order your own lab test through Quest Direct to get the health answers you need most. All right, let's go back to the phones, Jeff, and say hello to our next caller. Caller, you're on the air with Lance and Jeff. What's uh, with Schmelk and Jeff? I'm sorry, I'm John. You called not yourself Lance. Lance. That's what. It's very admirable. God help me, <laughs> caller. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, John and Jeff. Len from Columbia, oh, hey, Maryland. Hey, Len. What's up, buddy? Well, uh, b- big thank you to Abdul for starting with the uh, Perkins passing. Um, sure. Terrific coach. Uh, I think everybody understands the era we're talking about, what we had just gone through for 15 years. The best hire George Young ever made, his first hire, right off the San Diego Chargers coaching staff, a young coordinator named Ray Perkins, and uh, a difference maker. He started us off, hired Parcells, hired Belichick. Two miserable first years, but then came the third year, and off we went. It was a new era of Giants football. Sometimes I think he was underappreciated, but... um, in the scheme of things, probably uh, as important a hire as we've had in franchise history. Thank you, Perkins, Ray Perkins. Yeah, and, and just for the fans that don't know, Ray Perkins, uh, to Len's point, I think Len actually summarized that pretty well. He basically was the start of the beginning of the end, I guess, of the era of the 70s, Len. Which yes, it obviously... was. There you go, 1979. We had just yeah. been through, well, when we had a couple more years to go, uh, with him, but yeah, that was 15 years of miserable. Yeah, he was the head coach of the Giants from 1979 to 1982. Then he went back to Alabama and uh, was the head coach there. He later came back and was a uh, head coach for the Bucks from 87 to 90. So, yep. you know, he kind of passed the baton to, to Barcells, and then, of course, Belichick was on that staff too, and he started the, the fix. So, you know, he showed up. It was a big pile of rubble, and, and he kind of cleaned up all the rubble and started shaping it into what it was going to be, and it allowed Parcells to kind of mold that into the Super Bowl team that they eventually became. <laughs> yep. That was, yeah, that's, that was yeah, well, well put, John. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not sure what else I can say about the guy, except that uh, he started it all off for us. And, uh, boy, 1981 was a great year. And uh, Parcells did a nice thing at the end of his tenure. Um, he hired Ray back uh, as a tight ends coach in yeah. New England. And um, so that's that's where Perkins finished his uh, his career. There was only one person who could have replaced Bear Bryant at that time in 1982. Only one person. The alumni only wanted one guy, and it was indeed Perkins. And he was uh, Perkins a tough said, coach, when he said goodbye to us in New York, he said there's only one job I would have left for, and that's that's the Alabama job. He said I just I had to do it. I just had to go. And uh, so, hey, uh, sorry to hear the news, but um, just a wonderful guy, Jeff. I saw his first game as a coach, 1979, in the old vet, sitting <laughs> in the upper deck with my family. And, uh, Were you safe? You just, you just <laughs> had a feeling. You just, we lost that day, lost to the Eagles, but you just had a feeling. You just had a feeling. Hey, Jeff, think, uh, talking about, I know you, you were in uh, with with the Cardinals for a long time. Um, 
you know, my first my first Giants Cardinals game. Uh, I'm not going to give you a year. I'm just going to tell you, Pat Summerall was a defensive end for the wow. Chicago Cardinals. Wow! In that year, so we're 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 going way back with that. Mm-hmm. Way back. Hey, listen, Eagles was on that team actually. No, you didn't know that? Just, the last year I was on the Chicago <laughs> Cardinals. We moved the to Arizona. Chicago Cardinals. <laughs> Now, were you there when they were the Phoenix Cardinals? Yes. Yes, he was. Yes, I was there. um, So they moved there in 1988, I believe. Yes. Um, And I came to the the Cardinals in 1991 was was my first year. 88, 89. No, 90, 91. I'm sorry. My first year was 1993. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not to go back to that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, But we were the the Arizona Cardinals. I came there when Buddy Ryan became there the head coach. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we got the Pittsburgh a family town. figured it couldn't compete with the Bears anymore. Yeah. So they went no. not far away, went to St. Louis, as you know, yeah. and uh, played there for a while before they went to Phoenix and then became the Arizona Cardinals. Jeff, so, by the way, just to, just, yeah. just so you're aware, your yeah. first year in Arizona was 94? 94. Yes. Okay. So That's that was three in. strikes, so I'll try to guess that one. Yep. Uh, <laughs> two, in, two in New England. Your memory four. sucks. Yeah, it's so funny. In I love it. It all runs together. <laughs> All right, Len, what else you got? Len, real okay, quickly, hey, what me, I was going to tell you. Four-game series, uh, I mean, four-game season uh, left. Um, I mean, let's go. We're in position. There's absolutely no reason why we shouldn't beat the Cardinals on Sunday. Just absolutely no reason. Unless you beat yourself. That's it. There we go. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. The, the Cardinals are a good team now. Guys. They are. Yeah, no, I know. I know. There's just absolutely no reason why the Giants should not win this game no, on no, Sunday. No, no, no. See, Len, I, I don't agree with that. You know, that you aren't playing the, the, the two eight and one Bengals with Brandon Allen here. What if the Cardinals come out and play an unbelievable game? And DeAndre Hopkins makes four circus catches and double coverage <laughs> in the end zone. And Kyler Murray makes an unbelievable throw and runs through and past four defenders because he's an unbelievable athlete. I mean, those things are all possible now. The Cardinals are a good team with some really good players. John, I, d- I don't disagree with you, but I also think we're a good team. No, sure, absolutely. On the rise. Sure. On the rise. And... Um, you know, I just think this is um I think this is the start of something good. No, right like, I, I agree on Sunday. I agree, but you said there's no reason why the Giants Well, I just gave you two reasons. One's Kyler Murray and one's DeAndre Hopkins. They're pretty <laughs> damn good players. You know what I'm saying? What oh I, no no doubt. No doubt. And I'm 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 not gonna stand here and tell you Murray isn't a good quarterback. I I'm just saying, look, I, we we may have handled the best quarterback in the NFL last Sunday. Absolutely, but Len, uh, and, and the, the I NFL. No we can't. I can't. I see no. Now the last time, I, I'm sure I felt the same way before the last time we played the Cardinals, <laughs> which was maybe a year or two ago. And before I knew it, 17 minutes into the game, we were losing 17 nothing. Right. <laughs> no, 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 Len. Just remember, day in the Meadowlands, but. The, um, I, I just think we got something good going on. We're on a roll. We're, you know, we're playing efficiently. We're playing smartly. Um, guys are just and Jeff. I know you. You you talk about this all the time. Guys are just making plays. I mean, we're making plays. Finally. Um, and I, I I I think hopefully we can put that. Uh, you know, that old excuse, miscommunication to bed once and for all. I don't want to ever hear it again. Um, and, and, and here we go. And, uh, you know, maybe this is, um, you know, maybe Joe Judge is a little bit like Ray Perkins. And, and here we go. It's going to be a good era of Giants football. Hey, listen, thanks for taking my call. You're go welcome. Giants. And, uh, uh, again, rest in peace, Ray Perkins. Thank you, and I appreciate the call. the call. Good stuff, my friend. John, and, look, and, and, and all I'm saying about Arizona and the Cardinals is that this is a week-to-week league, Jeff. It is. Success yeah, the week before does not guarantee success the following week. I mean, just look. Look, you know, no one thought that Pittsburgh was going to lose to to Washington this past week. I mean, weird things happen in the NFL. So, especially when you're playing a good team like Arizona. And look, Arizona, are they, you know, Super Bowl favorites or anything like that? No, but they're a good team that, that is capable of making some really big plays above the X's and O's. So, yeah. look, if the Giants come out and they play a really good football game, do they have a really good chance of winning? Absolutely. But if the Giants come out and give a C performance, like look at it this way, Jeff. No, if, they can't. If the Giants play against Arizona like they did against Cincinnati two weeks ago, they're probably going to lose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, and if they play against, they give the, if they turn the ball over five times and win a game by three points, I don't think that's going to happen with this team. Bingo. This team is, they will throw points up on you quickly. Like, before you know it, 
you like like Len said, 17 nothing in 17 minutes, but this team can put some points up on the board. Real quickly about about Ray Perkins, you know, I remember back in the day um, knowing some guys that played for him when he was at Tampa, and he was the king of three a days. Think about three that, John. Three a days. Three a days. And I imagine one of those three was not a walkthrough. No, no, no. These were three practices <laughs> a day, like you know, eight, you know, two, and then six or something like that. You know, it was just like insanely stupid. <laughs> but you know, I just can't talk about. I mean, you don't complain. I mean, that they had 120 guys in the roster back in those days, but but three a days, and that kind of quickly went out the window. And everybody's like, "Oh, that's great. Now we got two a days. Now you don't even have two a days. You got one and a half days." You know. So, hey, listen. What I just saw, I just saw on Twitter. This is what happens when you're in first place and you move, you know, you're having some success. It's Adam Schefter is reporting that the NFL has flexed the Week 15 Brown Giant game to Sunday night. Yeah, I had heard that earlier today. It was not official, so I couldn't say it. But, yeah, I know a lot of Giant fans are probably psyched, especially the out-of-market Giant fans that can now watch the game on national yeah. TV. Yeah, yeah. and Fiegel's not, No, that's not, a long day. Not so happy. Not so happy. Those are long days. A little extra preparation is going to go into that one. Yep, and, 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 and that – Show now, which is going to be a late Sunday show. They have to do our post game show live, Jeff, the uh, TV show from the television studio oh, where we do right. our radio broadcast. So yeah. it'll be no Carl, no Bob. So it'll be you, Lance, and the crazy man, Paul Dettino, for two hours after that game. Super. Have fun. <laughs> 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 All right, let's go back to the phones. 973-667-1960. Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by the New York Lottery. The New York Lottery has released their annual holiday scratch-off games. Make sure you go out there, head to your nearest retailer for the chance to win up to $500,000. Please gift responsibly. I just hope that's not the kiss of death. You know what I mean? I mean, I was perfectly fine with playing these 1 o'clock games. I mean, selfishly speaking, if you will. But I just think, you know, I don't know. Whatever. It's Absolutely. Just, you know, it's a Browns game. Is that an away game? Uh-huh. It's an away game. Okay. Let, let's go back to the phones. 973-667-1960. Call. you're on the line. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, it's Charlie from Portland. Oh, Charlie. Boy, what's up? <laughs> Somebody mentioned my the, the name. The regulars I crawl know. through the line. Make, make it, let, let's They're go, like Charlie. They're like cockroaches. Get, well, that, that, that's accurate. Get to your point, Charlie. What do you got for me? Okay, my point is is that, hey, John, you just gave us the kiss of death. You just said our defense has not given up any big plays. For a while, I've no been saying good. that for weeks. I know, but now you got Murray and Hop. They are ready to uh, do a couple big plays, but that's all right. Well, Charlie, in, look, uh, in fairness, I just said it's a week-to-week -week league, right? Success know, the week prior doesn't mean success this week. You have to continue to play well, and that, that's no guarantee week-to-week -week in this league. Right. Well, I'm kind of looking forward to the Browns game for one, one reason. They have the best offensive line in the NFL. They do. They are great as the highest in pass blocking and in, and in run blocking. Best run game so in the I league, wanted, too. Yeah. Yeah. I Chubb is awesome. If, if our front four and our offense, I mean our defense, is actually as good as we think it is or is getting to be when they actually go up against an incredible offensive line. Well, by the way, Charlie, you'll, you'll have two straight weeks, right, with the Ravens and yeah. their running attack and the Browns and their yeah. running attack, two yeah. straight weeks. So we're going to see. I think it'll be interesting mm -hmm. with yeah. in terms of you know the Giants and their approach because the point that Jeff and I made earlier was that they've been able to keep their two safeties deep and just stop the run with their front. I don't know if you're going to do that against teams like the Browns and Ravens. Will they bring that extra safety up? How does that change the equation? I'm with you. I think that will be very interesting to watch. Three safeties. Yeah, you got Chubb <laughs> and you got Hunt. I mean, it's you know they, no, they, they're good. They're going to be they're going to be tough. They're good. They're going to be tough. Um, and what and by the way, in that game too, yeah. Charlie Andrew Thomas yeah. has to try to block Miles Garrett. Yeah, yeah, I know. And, so, and he will probably gonna... be his biggest test the rest of the year. <laughs> We're well, he's gotten better. How, we're going to see how good they are. Oh, the thing that my comment was, Colt McCoy gives us the best chance of winning the division for, for one reason. He's a game manager. He's smart. He's not going to try to uh, throw it in tight windows. You know, Daniel, I don't care what you guys say, he still has a fumbling turnover problem. He fumbled twice in Washington. He Talk had, about the kiss of death. 
You, you just know, he should have had an that. interception in the Cincinnati game. So he has not correct, corrected that yet. Charlie, how many so interceptions he, has Colt McCoy had dropped in his five quarters of play so far? Would you like to count them? I don't know. Well, it's been at least three. I don't know. It's been at least three. Uh, okay. Well, he's rusty. <laughs> you can't say that about Jones. Jones has been playing for like 18 There's a reason know, why he's a backup quarterback, years. Charlie. He's, I, I mean, I know, come on. But I'm telling you, if, if – if we go into this game and Jones plays and he has one or two more turnovers, then we're going to be talking about, oh, my God, is this the guy? Is this the guy? That's what we're going to be talking no, about. You're right. Well, what, what, why would we be talking about if he comes out of the game with no turnovers yes. again and beats, and beats so, the Arizona Cardinals? Then we'll be talking about him again. If that happens, we'll talk about it. We can't anticipate a guy playing poorly I and know. talk about it ahead of time. And but we can't I'm have Charlie saying, tell us that Cole, that Cole McCoy is the best possible way of winning at a quarterback and then having it happen. There's yeah, no it's, way it's, that that's going to happen. It's nonsense. Oh, I, I think it is. I think it is. I think <laughs> he's our best chance to win the division. Charlie, I was out of curiosity. Take, were, were you listening during the game on Sunday? Are you starting Sunday? him on Madden or something, or that, what's the deal? That was the first time <laughs> Cole McCoy won a game since since what year was it again? Were you listening when they gave that stat? Well, yeah, yeah, because he hasn't been on a good team. He was on a terrible Washington team. Do you want to give so the year or do you want defense. me to give the year? No, but he's got a good defense. He's the type of quarterback that if you have a good defense, <laughs> if you have a good defense, he will control and manage the game. He will not try to do things that Daniel Jones will try to do and probably not get away with it. Charlie, That's I want to give you some stats here. Cole McCoy okay. in 42 games is 28 career interceptions. Okay. In his yep. last six starts, he has five picks. I mean, last five, last six games, which are not full games, by the way, two of them. He has five interceptions. So this idea okay. that he is this great ball protector, that, and this is not me trying to take shots at Colt McCoy. I'm just comparing him to Daniel Jones, that he's this great ball protector that's never going to turn the ball over, is simply not true. How many fumbles has he had compared to Daniel uh, Jones? Tell me that. He has, uh, let's see, since in, let me, I'll count the games. 7, 10, in 13 games since 2014, Colt McCoy has 10 fumbles. Yeah, and Daniel Jones That's had plenty. 18 in one year. How many does he okay. have this year, Charlie? Huh? How many does he have this year? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. How many does he have? Five, six? Uh, it's about the same exact rate at which Colt McCoy fumbles. But he's better. Oh, he's better. He's not better. He had two fumbles in Washington, and we're lucky he went out of bounds, and one he fell on it. He has seven so, fumbles this year, Charlie. Yeah, add those two. That's nine. No, 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 no. Not fumbles, oh, not that. fumbles oh, lost. Okay. Fumbles. Okay. okay, so he's got seven. He's got four more games left if he plays. So you give him another two each game. That's eight. So he'll have 15. Two each game? <laughs> Charlie, goodbye. Goodbye. He has seven and 11 games, and you want to give him two in every game going forward? Don't be st- – oh, drives me nuts. Hater. Hater. Dude, why do you want the kid to fail? I don't understand. I he's- don't understand. Look, there are fair criticisms to make. I get it. It's just stupid. Come on. He's like, I mean, it just drives me crazy. I mean, how can you? Come on, Charlie. Seriously. that I mean, I, I would have more respect if it had some more substance to it than Colt McCoy. is a better chance of the Giants winning with Colt McCoy than Daniel Jones. Seriously. How, 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 I don't even understand that. No, it's stupid. Just you, you <laughs> no, use the word. It's stupid. St- it's stupid. <laughs> Nine seven three six six seven nineteen sixty. Back to the calls. Uh, you're on the line, for, sir. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hello, caller. I hear us in the background, but do I hear our caller? Remember, caller, you're not going to hear a click. You're just on once I put you on the air. So if you're on hold with us, it's you. There's only one of you. Hello. Hello. Yes, that's you, sir. Oh, oh Scott from New Mexico. Hey, Scott. What's going on, man? Uh, you Scott? Is your train off the track up there? Yeah, I, I didn't hear the little so. whistle. <laughs> Actually, uh, I wanted to comment on something that you had said, John, uh, when we were on last week with Jeff. Yes. Uh, and by the way, you were you were 100% right in what you said, Scott. I got to tip my cap to you. Well, 
something you said is very prophetic and intuitive, and I wanted to go over with you and see if this is the reason why the giant defense is doing what they're doing. Sure. And I had a second question for Jeff. Mm-hmm. But um, you had said something, in fact, I wrote it down, that style makes fights, and that the, you uh, personally liked the way the giant defense matched up with the Seattle offense, which you said was counterintuitive. I was wondering how you got to that conclusion because that's exactly how it worked out. Yeah, the, 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 how I got there, Charlie. Uh, Charlie, geez, I'm, stop. I'm so sorry. I am so, so sorry. That is the biggest insult I could ever give anybody, like what I refer to myself as Lens. Uh, the reason I came to that conclusion, Scott, is very simply the Seahawks did two things extremely well, or th- I'll give three, okay? They ran the ball well with Chris Carson, the Giants went against the run. And in their passing game, they lived on making big plays down the field. In fact, the criticism that I heard from some Seahawks fans I'm friends with was that Russell Wilson has almost been become almost in love with making some of those big chunk plays down the field. And that's something the Giants are extremely good at taking advantage of uh, and, and slowing down. You know, they play those zone defenses to, to the point we made earlier in the show. They're very disciplined, and they just don't allow those big plays. So I thought they could successfully take away some of that stuff, when you have great wide receivers like Metcalf and Lockett, I don't want to play those guys man-to-man. I want to right. play this. I want to play zone. What do the Giants do? They play zone. When you play a mobile quarterback, I don't want to play man-to-man against a mobile quarterback. They can run. Well, guess what? Giants play a lot of zone. It works well against a mobile quarterback. And throw in the fact, the Giants with their creative blitzes, and I, didn't, I don't think I brought this up last week, but in retrospect, it's true. In Frankly, their pass rush has been pretty good this year. They've used different types of blitzes, and Seattle's offensive line was banged up. They were down to the third and fourth string right tackle. So you put all that in, in, you know, into the cauldron and you stir it up. That's why I thought it was a pretty good matchup. And frankly, I think in the same way, it's a pretty good matchup this week. Right. That's what I was Arizona. getting at because they're similar teams, actually. Yep, I agree. Statistically. Uh, one question I wanted to ask you before I get to Jeff's question. Uh, do you think that the fact that Joe Judge is actually doing what he's doing on defense along with Patrick Graham, rotating personnel makes it more difficult for offensive coordinators to diagnose what the defenses are doing? And that might contribute to why the defense is doing as well as they are? Because I don't know of any other teams that are rotating as many personnel in their lineup on defense as much as the Giants are doing. Is that... Because the Giants have only given up 27 touchdowns in 12 games. That's about 16 points a game, and you're going to win a lot of football games that way. Now, so, Jeff, I want to intersect really quickly because I don't think they're really rotating guys in the back half. No, but they no, are it's in just the front the defensive half. line has usually been that kind of rotational you know, thing that a lot of, a lot of the teams do that. Okay. Um, I think a lot of it has to deal with health, too, guys in and out of the lineups, right? I mean, you guys are, you know, the linebacker crew has been hurt so you got new guys in there and maybe, maybe it just looks like there's a lot of like Coughlin and guys like that who have played the last couple of weeks. Lalos. Nico right. Lalos. Okay well the, the last question I have and I'll take it off the air is the one thing that I'm concerned about which is Joe Judge's strength is the lack of special team play in the last two games mm-hmm. uh, which were critical. One obviously uh, they let a 103 yard touchdown go and then yep. they had a pass uh, punt block. And I was wondering, Jeff, from your perspective, uh, obviously being a member of a special teams group, what do they have to do different, or what are the corrections that you think they have to make? Because uh, I think special teams will be critical in the next four games, and uh, obviously there's some sort of weakness that's been created. And I don't know if it's an aberration or it's something that has to be corrected. And I'll be glad to take your answers off the air, guys. Thanks. Thank you, Scott. Jeff, I will leave the special teams to you. Oh, that's fine. Well, I think we all agree that it's got to improve, especially going into the next four weeks, because we always, we have, from the beginning of the season, have said to ourselves that we have to, we basically have to rely on the special teams being good, right? And so now that the team is winning, the special teams decided to take the days off. So they need to get back. Um, what do they got to do? They got to, they got, they have to, they got to, they got to basically play better. I mean, a lot of the stuff that they, I know that's kind of, you know, you know, it's easy to say, but, um, they've kind of have taken some plays off. I mean, that kickoff return was, was designed, right. But there's guys that just, you got to get off your blocks. Um, the biggest thing about kickoff coverage is lane discipline. Yep. What happens when you're running down on kickoffs, if you get out of your lane, you be, you create lanes and then the, the returners see those. So that's the biggest thing. The punt block is communication. 
Um, that is just a matter of, you know, go, going from one block to the other. Somebody blocked the wrong guy in that, right? Pretty exactly. Simply. That's mm-hmm. enough what happens. So if two guys, if, if you're supposed, John, you're supposed to take that guy and I'm supposed to take the other and you and I take your guy, well, guess what happens? And that's exactly what happened there. So um, get back in into, you know, we talk about fundamentals. I think a lot of this isn't fundamentals. A lot of this is just strictly knowing what you're doing and your assignment. It's more assignment detail than it is fundamentals basically. So, um, and listen, you know, we didn't talk about this, that Graham Gano missed a few, an extra point. I know. He does, he does miss. He can, <laughs> you know, so. Well, I'll tell you what, this was not a great week for kickers, Jeff, between oh my God, oh, last night. Tucker yeah. last night and, and, and Gano, not a great week for kickers. Apparently. Yeah. And you know, and the weather's only going to get worse as we're going, as I'm sitting in my office watching it snow right now. It is flurrying. Um, it's, <laughs> but you know, as it gets colder and windier and the you know, these things kind of happen with the kickers as we get into the later in the season. That's why I always used to look at the schedule when it came out in April and see when December, where our games were. You know, and if I saw one or two dome games on there as the away games, I was like, yes, yes, that'll be great. You know, so, uh, but bottom line is the special teams, I, they'll get back. They'll get back to it because I know that Joe Judge and, and McGahee and Quinny, those guys are all going to, they, they take that stuff serious. Absolutely. One more thing I want to say that's a little bit different with Arizona. They have one more caller on the line. We'll get to you before we wrap the show, I promise. The difference, uh, one small difference, Jeff, between Seattle and Arizona. But before I get that, I want to remind Giant fans uh, to go get a checking account from Investors Bank, a New York Giants-branded checking account with a New York Giants-branded debit card, security features, and discounts at the Giants online shop. You can earn up to $250 when you open an account at InvestorsBank.com slash Giants member FDIC. So, Jeff, the one difference between Arizona. Can I guess? Yeah, yeah guess, please. Is What's it the defense? I, I, no, I was sticking on the offensive side of the ball because I have, okay. not, I have not looked at the Cardinal defense yet, so I don't, okay. I don't have a comment on that All right. yet. I will uh, when I host a show on Friday. But they will spread you out a lot more than Seattle does. Oh, sure. Does. Seattle just, plays yeah. a lot more two tight ends. And two wide receivers. They're a big 12 personnel team. And, you know, David Moore go out there and, and you know, your typical 11 too. But the Cardinals run out four wide receivers on more than 20% of their possessions, which by far leads the league the most. Sure. So you're really going with all those wide receivers, stress and stretch that giant zone to its limit. So in that way, it's a little bit different. And the other thing that's different is that Arizona runs a lot more quick game than Seattle does. It's a weird offense where they run a lot of deep concepts and they'll throw deep a little bit. But they have so much of that quick game where Murray gets the ball out of his hand in like a second right after the snap on really short passes. So that's another adjustment because a big part of the zone, you can kind of dink and dunk down the field on one sometimes. So the Giants will have to be very, very aggressive now on some of those really short passes and getting up and getting closer to these receivers so they don't you know, catch a one-yard pass, run for four or five yards, then you're in second and four, and then it's bad news. So those are the things to me that are a little bit different between the Cardinals' offense and the Seahawks' offense. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is that it's just like the old uh, junior football play. You, <laughs> you, throw, you, you spread everybody out, <clears throat> and then you run, right? And that's what uh, Murray can do. He can, he can, he yeah. can run on you. Mm-hmm. So, um, and also, I saw a stat that you know, most of his touchdowns rushing come from no pressure, where he just takes off and runs. So um, you would think that a lot of times he's flushed out of the pocket and scores on some of those plays, but he doesn't. He's, there's no pressure, and he takes off. So spread it out, and, and they got a good running game. Their offensive line isn't the best in the league, but they're not the worst. Um, you know, Justin Pugh is still there. And so, yeah, I mean, there's a couple different things you got to be aware of. But I think the first and foremost is you got to know that Kyler Murray will run the football, and you got to be disciplined again in some of those rush lanes and keep him in that pocket. The problem with him is he's so small. You can't see him, you know? That's like, where is this guy? Next thing you know, he's down the field 10 yards. And he is another level, and, and I think you said this earlier in the show, Jeff. Like, Russell Wilson's a good scrambler. He can run a little bit. Kyler Murray's basically a slot-wide receiver. He is so fast. Playing quarterback. Yeah. Like, yeah. talk about spying quarterbacks. If you're going to spy Kyler Murray, you can't even spy him with a safety. You have yeah. to spy him with, like, a cornerback. That's how fast this guy is. He will get out of the, side of the pocket, turn the corner on you, and he's so good at sliding to avoid contact, you never get a hit on this guy. Part of it's because he's so small. So yeah, it's it it's a whole different. And he's a heck of an game. athlete. He oh. can make, he can improvise and adjust. He makes plays. And he's a great passer too, by the way. Yeah. Not, you know, he has a good touch on the football. Like and the I, thing you have to be aware of is that, you know, if he can buy time, and he buys time by, 
I don't think he wants to run first. I think he still wants to throw the ball. But as you think he's going to start running and you, you come off your coverage, he has the arm strength to throw it 60, 70 yards down the field. So be careful there. Yeah, I think he, he's a little more of a runner than a passer right now when he mm-hmm. scrambles. I, I, I sorted out all of his scrambles and throws of more than 10 yards down the field when he scrambles left to right. There's only, there's only like five or six of them during the year, Jeff. There weren't that many. Really? So when he scrambles, he kind of wants to run it a lot. So something to keep in mind. But, yeah, he's just a, a, a different <clears throat> level of athlete. Real, real fun, very quickly. And then, and then we got to take the last caller and go. If I made you choose today, your quarterback for the next 10 years, Kyler Murray <clears throat> or Lamar Jackson, who do you pick? Kyler. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I agree. A second. I just feel like, I feel like I have a little bit more there. He's a better passer. Yeah, and I, I feel like there's not I, – I, I don't – you know, I think that, that Lamar has a lot more learning to do, if you will. Um, I know they're both great athletes and they both can do well, but I just like the way Murray plays. I really do. Yeah, I, agree I, don't, I don't trust Lamar. I don't. I don't, I, I don't trust his throwing motion, um, some of his decision-making, but I, I think that Kyler has more of it, if you will. Yeah, I agree. Even though Jackson probably more of your <laughs> traditional size for the position, I agree. I think Murray is further along as a passer. Well, right, I don't fi- think any of us thought that he that he would have the success that he's had. I mean, being how small he is and everything else, but I think, you know, the head coach there realizing and knows that this is the system I'm going to – I got to get my quarterback. This is my guy here and designed a system around him. All right, let's wrap up the show with one more caller. Caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Hello, hey, caller. Yes. James. This is James from Sweden. James in hey, Sweden. James Sweden. Wow. Okay. How are you, sir? Where in Sweden are you right now? In Norshoping, oh. Sweden. Well, I'm, I'm happy you're with us, James. What do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, I'm a lifetime giant fan. Grew up in Glen Ridge, New Jersey. Went to high school in Bloomfield. I have a lot of friends from Nutley. And I just. I live in Nutley, James, if you didn't know that. Yeah, I know. This is the Nutley number. You're the Nutley guy, John. <laughs> but uh, and just don't call me Charlie. No, I, I, prob- <laughs> I promise I won't. I'm sorry about that to Scott. <laughs> he seems like he'd get but, more uh, mad at you if you did. <laughs> absolutely. All right, James, what do you got for us? But I just, I, I mean... I'm here, like, all by myself in Sweden. I have, like, no one to, like, interact with on giant football, basically at all. But I'm a, a total believer in the process. And it's it's like we're, we're rebuilding. And it's, it's a process. And it's going good right now. And hats off to Gettleman for picking up Joe and... It's. I'm just. Um. I've. I haven't been happier as a Giant fan in like the last like five six years as I am now. Yeah, I don't blame you. And it's very good, and I'm very confident with playing the Cardinals. Kyler is like a young Russell Wilson, but if we play him. Just as we did the Seahawks, I think we can shut him down and just keep an eye out on the Chase Edmonds, the Fordham grad. Yep, Fordham kid. Got a Fordham and a Dermot. Blew guy. us out last time. Absolutely. Hey James, I had a question. My, what's my, like? What's the big popular sport out there in Sweden? Is like skiing? Is that what they're big in skiing? Like skating stuff like that? Oh, uh, hockey. Okay. Hockey and uh, soccer. Gotcha. Like, right now, it's like hockey season. There's games on, like, every single night. And, oh, that's another sideball. I was thinking after this, like, Tuesday night football we just had last night, like, you think the NFL could possibly think of, like, staggering the season so, like, there'd be, like, a game, like, every night. <laughs> well, I don't think you know so. what, James? I think this is a good trial. I do think there's a point of saturation where sometimes it's a little bit too much. Before we say goodbye, can you can you say something about the Giants in Swedish for me? Do you... Ah, uh, 
Hey, 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 Giants. Sure, sure, Hort. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. James, good stuff. Don't be a stranger. Call back soon, all right? Enjoy it out there. Okay. Thank you, sir. Come to James. London again. Bye-bye. Uh, yeah, we'd love to. If you come to London, hopefully we'll see you there. But that's what time James. is it there? James in Sweden. Well, I know Germany is about six hours ahead because I have all a friend right. that's serving out there right now. Okay. Um, so seven, eight o'clock. Maybe? Yeah, so it's probably it's probably a little bit more than that, and I think Sweden's a little bit further east than Germany. I think Sweden. I think so. Maybe they're eight hours ahead. But oh, we got people to... all over the world listening to us, John. Yeah, that's a new one. I don't think we've gotten a Sweden call before. No, we got Germany. Yeah, right? and, I mean... and and England obviously. We've gotten Italy, and you know we've gotten Korea and Japan, and Australia. Stuff like that. Um, I don't think we've gotten a call. We've gotten a call from the Middle East. We haven't gotten a call. I don't think from Africa. I don't. think. Australia, I know. South America, we've gotten two. Yeah. So, yeah. So we are we are hitting as many countries as you can. As the team starts getting better, Jeff, this is what happens, man. Yeah. Boy, we got to get it. You know what? Whenever we get a chance to get back in the studio over there, we need to get a map and put little pins where yes. our callers are from. Yes, I think that's a great idea. Right? That would be fun. I think that will be fun, Jeff. Good <laughs> stuff, my friend. We appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, John. Tomorrow at noon, it will be Detino and Meadow. And, folks, I want to remind you, you can find Big Blue Kickoff 5 and all our podcasts on our podcast network presented by Investors Bank. Make sure you go to Giants.com, the Giants mobile app, or your favorite podcast platforms for all of our podcast offerings. For Jeff Fiegels, I'm John Schmelk. Big Blue Kickoff Live was presented by the New York Lottery. Make sure... You check it out. New York Lottery has released their seasonal scratch-off games. Once again, head to your nearest retailer for the chance to win up to $500,000. Please give responsibly. For Jeff Fiegels, I'm John Schmelk. We'll see you next time on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Stay safe, everyone.